That was a sigh. That was like a deep sigh. That was like from the loins. Yeah. Are you nervous? No. I think it was... Um, there's this beautiful text in the letter to the Romans that says, sometimes we don't know how to pray as we ought. So the Spirit prays for us with sighs, too deep for words. Romans 8. That was a sigh too deep for words, so I can't explain what it was. But it felt good. It felt great. It felt good for me, so I can't imagine for you. Yeah, it felt good. Megan will sometimes be like, what does that sigh mean? And I'm like... Like you may not know yet. <sighs> I don't know. Normally, you have to admit, sighs come from a sense of exasperation. Probably. Or exhaustion. Yes. Or anything else that carries weight. Coffee's good. Coffee is good. Yeah. Lukewarm, though. Yeah. Really? Mine is. Mine's perfect. I thought that it would be helpful for us today to have a very, very serious conversation. I thought you were going to go, Lord, I can't. I wish. I wish. I wish I had a big, booming bass male voice. (laughs) Turns out, I don't. (laughs) I'd like for us to talk a little bit about ego. Okay. So uh, I have a funny, a couple of funny little. Okay. Things to say about it. Can I whisper underneath your words? Yeah. Okay. I removed your ego, my surgeon said. Turns out that was what was clogging your reality. Oh. Okay. okay. <laughs> That's exactly right. Okay. I know my being this pretty must be hard on you. <laughs> <laughs> ego. <laughs> I always ask myself, does he really laugh at my jokes? And then my ego's like, of course he does. They're f-ing hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Did the middle of my sentence interrupt the beginning of yours? <laughs> Why is this so funny? You're so stupid. Oh, gosh. So funny. Anyway, oh. I would like to talk a little bit about ego. On this 57th episode of You'll Die Trying, right? Welcome, everyone, to number 57. I remembered. Heinz, 57, 57, 57, drive 57. Beat's not driving at all. That's 55. It doesn't have the same okay. ring. Well, I'm Nathan. I'm Jonathan. And you are you, and we're glad you are here. And you're awesome. You're awesomer than we, because we don't have an ego. <laughs> <laughs> Jingle. I, I'm, I have an ego. I definitely have an ego. Yeah. We all have egos. Yeah, we do, but... No, I don't. I'm, I'm this... I'm this... I'm mocking sounding. I'm not going to do that. That's yeah. rude. I just think that, uh, you know, you have to, um, but I just think it has to be kept in check. An ego in check. Is... That would be a good name for a podcast. Someone just stole it. Checking your... E- you, they sure did. So, uh, what do you when you hear the word ego? What do you think? 
Well, I'm a visual guy, so I I think of this guy with just like this puffed out chest and and just overly sarcastic. Why do I have ego as sarcasm in my mind? That's interesting. You know, sarcasm is the a defense mechanism too, right? Collusion of two Greek words. Okay. Sarks and chasm. Sarks being flesh, chasm being tear, rip, or abyss. So sarcasm is like the tearing of the flesh. Wow. Yeah. So it's really negative, always. Right. Not just sometimes or sort of. Right. <laughs> so you could literally, hold on, you could literally not pay any attention to me and still formulate a response that sounds as if you were. <laughs> it's a well honed skill. I think I'm dying. That's great. Say some more about that. <laughs> <laughs> Say some more about that. So, so obviously, ego is, uh, is a concept of the human psyche developed by Sigmund Freud. And, uh, the magicians? Um, that No. The guys with the white tigers? Yes. One of them got attacked by one of those. Yeah, in 2004. Yep, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, so uh, Freud had some problems, right? Um, there was a lot of uh, impetus for Freud on sexuality and on um, the mother-child relationship. And you've heard of a Freudian slip when you're talking, a Freudian slip is when you say one thing, but you met your mother, meant another. <laughs> what? So Freud's single most enduring idea was that the human psyche was tripartite. It was made up of three particular parts or functions or aspects. The id, the ego, and the superego. So according to this, the id is the primitive part of one's psyche the instinctual part of the mind. And that's what contains like sexual urges and aggressive drives and hidden memories, right? The superego operates as the moral conscience. And the ego is that realistic part of the psyche that mediates between the id and the superego. Uh, so now, colloquially, the way we use ego, it's not in conjunction with those definitions. We use ego now, I think, to talk about arrogance. Would I be wrong in that? Is ego arrogance? I think the way we think about ego now, yes. Ego was the part of the psyche that mediated between that instinctual, animalistic self and that highly moral kind of divine self. And so ego became that human component that joined the animalistic side of us to the divine side of us and made us, in a sense, whole. I don't think Freud would say it that way, but that's essentially what's happening. When we use the word ego, we're not talking about the second of the three parts of the psyche. We're not talking about mediating between animalistic and... We're, not, we're talking about someone who thinks more highly of himself than perhaps he ought. Is there any room? I mean, is there any room for <clears throat> ego? Well... Okay, let's ask, let's ask something about our assumptions. Okay. Are we assuming that ego is bad? I, okay. Okay. You, you, at, you asked me, uh, you said you wanted to do a, an episode on ego, and then you asked me, but we don't have egos, do we? And I was like, yes, I know I have an ego. To a degree, I think it's something that one should have. 
I would say most people have an ego in the way that we mean this. That's okay. Thank you. Yes, I, I think that we should have some sort of ego, which challenges the assumption that ego is bad. And I think a lot of people do assume ego is bad. I hear a lot of people talking about, oh, they have a terror. They have such a big huge ego, ego. huge yeah. ego. Which yes. okay, so there therein lies another assumption, and I think we should challenge that one too. Does the size of an ego matter? Does it? I think so. I think that there is all. it's always possible to have too much of a good thing. Do you know how important it is to drink water? Yeah. A hundred ounces a day is kind of ideal, right? And the more... hundred ounces? Yeah, that's ideal. That's impossible. Why? It's No. It's Eight not. glasses. That's of- 64 ounces. Right. So... A hundred ounces is like optimal hydration. And the more water you drink the less water you retain. Could you imagine drinking 100 ounces of water? I've done that for weeks at a time when I'm trying to either lose weight or work out a little special hard or something. 100 ounces. Yeah, carry a gallon of water around. Do you not want to... I mean, fill it obviously up. It's, it's, it has health benefits galore, It just makes you have to go to the bathroom. I can't, I can't get through time. a whole session. I can never get through a whole session doing that. Oh, Could you imagine, ladies and gentlemen, being in session with Dr. Carroll... It has happens. two gallons of water in his bladder, and he's like, oh, oh, great thought. Can you excuse me one moment? It's literally just like that. That's exactly what happens. Great thought. Hold that thought. Let me run to the... That's exactly it. Oh, poor guy. And you know you are in there for three minutes. Well, I feel bad because I'm uh, when I start to rock back and forth, it's like, okay, I've got to... I need to take... But they understand because sometimes clients will say... They you have mind to go to the bathroom too. Yeah, of yeah. course. Who cares? Anyway, so I do think that there's too much of a good thing. Water, for instance. 100 ounces is great. Not two thousand. You can overhydrate. You, you kill yourself. Can't you? Yeah, it can kills die. you. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think there's too much of a good thing. I think ego is fine. I think it's part of what makes us uh, challenge ourselves. I think it's what makes us have confidence and a sense of competence. But I think that, like everything else, we can take it overboard. And I think a lot of people do. Hmm. So when you think of your own ego, mm-hmm. what picture comes to mind? In three, two, one. Not a big head. Ooh, I, I don't know. I don't know. For some, okay, let's go here. Do you know what honestly went in my head? Wall, a wall. Yeah. Like a, like a fortress. Okay. I see an ocean. Okay, to- totally different things. But kind of similar. How? They're boundaries. They're, mm. they, there's, there's the space between us. You know? That's interesting. But I think that... Uh, mm, I do that a lot. When you ask me a question on these podcast episodes and I take a minute, I literally question my re- my response, my answer. <clears throat> Don't you think why. we all should do that all the time? Yeah, but it's not d- a disciplined approach. It's more of a, uh, what am I trying to say? It's like questioning of myself. Oh, in a negative sense. In a negative light, not in a positive. Like a doubting oneself. Yeah, I'm not being disciplined. <laughs> I'm literally being like, not I don't critical know. thinking, but I'm not knowing if I think I'm intelligent enough. Unlike Mike, who was from our previous episode, who's smarter than anybody. Right. Guy smart. Yeah, he's very bright. He's very smart. Well, <clears throat> so yeah, special shout out to Mike. Thank yeah. you for being on our episode. So the wall and the ocean and the are ocean. borders. Yeah, I think it's, ego ultimately gets in the way of community making. I think when I think too highly of myself, I don't make space for other. 
I think I become my most important project. And there are times when I will say, uh, you need to be your most important project. When it comes to defining an established and solid and stable sense of self, you have to know who you are. You have to know what you think about everything. I shouldn't be able to come up to you with a topic that's generally acceptable in, in terms of what's you know in the public domain and you not know what you think. You, we all should know what we think about as much as we can. We should know what we believe. We should know what we're willing to do. We should know what we're willing to not do. We should know what we're willing to tolerate from people and what we're not. We should know our boundaries. Like That's what it means to have a solid self. In that case, we should be our most important proje- projects. To the extent that that becomes... Um, in any way, socially inappropriate, maybe abjectly offensive, or somehow blocks us from being in community, in relationship with other people. I think at that point, ego has become too much. We're no longer building ourselves up. Now we might be tearing other people down, and we do that because we don't feel very good about ourselves. So when I meet someone whom society might says, say has a huge ego, I'm thinking that person is insecure. The ego is insecurity. Someone who has a massive ego is often, I think, in my experience, an insecure person. Hmm. I think it's masking insecurities, fears. What do you think? I can see that. I can see that. What, what would you change about your own ego? <sighs> Dang. Would you increase it or would you decrease it? Uh, what if I would do what you didn't give me the option to say and just keep it the same. Okay. I don't feel my ego is creating too large of a border to prevent community. I do not think that my ego is too little to which doesn't essentially or ultimately protect me to a degree. So it's not a function of your insecurity? No. No. What would you say is your number one insecurity? It's just us. Yeah. Well, going back to questioning of myself, that's a, I don't know, is that an insecurity? Self-doubt. Self-doubt is an insecurity. Self-criticism. Yeah. That's probably my biggest one. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I do have good hair, though. Okay. I like my hair. My son likes my hair a lot. Which one? You have three. Uh, Oh, yeah, I do. That one, the middle one. No. Everett. Every morning he wants me to put my hair stuff in his hair because he wants it to smell like my hair and he wants it to look like, but his hair is so awesome and long. And anyway, but he says, I like your hair, daddy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's sweet. Mike says it was tall. Oh yeah. It's, it's not as tall anywhere near as tall as it could be. Does that look good? Yeah. That looks awesome. Uh, What's your biggest insecurity? Nathan's Go. wearing his Nuh-uh. headphones. Biggest like insecurity. Head biggest, biggest insecurity. Uh, not smart enough. Can I, are we allowed to cuss on this episode? What the hell are you talking about? I don't think that we can evaluate or judge each other's insecurities. <laughs> I don't. Oh, we're not. A, yeah, that's not a good friendship. <laughs> oh, I'm a terrible friend. <laughs> it's true. What was your insecurity again? Oh, self doubt. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, no, no. I just couldn't remember. Yeah, oh. mine, mine does have to do with, I, I think, just in general, not being good enough. Let's go there. Which is common for a lot of people. Why? Answer, I want you to answer the why. Like, why? Well, like, okay, let me, challenge, let me challenge the assumption 
that that I first of all that there is an answer to the why because the why is kind of a cause and effect question. Why this? Because this. Well, it's oftentimes and mostly not that simple. So sometimes it's not a cause and effect. There are a lot of different factors that contribute to it. And you can look at someone's education and say, oh, that person's trying to prove something, right? Or you can say, oh, that person's a lover of knowledge. I firmly believe that I'm the latter, but I can't completely rule out the former. Can't do it. I mean, anyway, you really, asked, I answered. That's there a it really is. expensive trying to prove something. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's also very functional and has proven to be helpful in the advancement of my career. Right. I mean, it's been necessary. Well, let's just talk about... I always love it. And when I say I love it, I mean I hate it. When I go... <laughs> what? <laughs> it just interrupted the heck out of me and I loved every second of it. Did the, It's really cute. Did the middle of your sentence interrupt the beginning of mine? I'm Probably, so sorry. I, no, I... It just, I didn't want to lose this thought. Do you remember where you were going? Mm-mm. Oh, gosh. We'll never get it back. No, it's So done. we'll go this direction. Yeah. Uh, I love it, meaning I don't like it, when uh, maybe I'm at a bar and I'm talking to a bartender or I overhear someone's hairstylist. <clears throat> Mine would not do this, but other people have said this. Well, I'm, I basically do what you do. I'm basically a counselor because people come in with their problems and I listen and I tell them what they should do. Hmm. And I say, I hope that's helpful to people because let me, and I don't say this part. I don't ever tell people what they should do. That isn't therapy. That isn't counseling. That's direction. That's parenting. That's teaching. That is ruling, dictating. That's not counseling. So those of you who are in the helping professions, who are with people all day, every day, keep listening. Try not to give advice. And if you do, just know that it's worth what they're paying for it. That's ridiculous. So that's one of my hang-ups. That's a professional pet peeve is when people say, well, I basically do what you do. Oh, really? Because I only spent 13 years after high school getting education so that I could do what I do. Isn't that degrading? No, that's my ego. That's my ego. That's what I'm talking about. Right there, folks. You saw it in action. Nice. Like I'll set that up. Came full circle. Yeah, so that's... That's when I think ego becomes a hindrance. The question is, is your ego freeing you or is it hindering you? Do you have an ego with a podcast? No, I don't. I have a lot of insecurities about the podcast. You do, don't you? Yes, I do. I'm not supposed to say that, am I? I'm a friend. You do? (laughs) (laughs) I do. Of course I do. Yeah. Don't you? Uh, Not as many, I don't think. That's concerning. Just kidding. I'm excited for it. This podcast, let's paint the picture. We have been around for, uh, I don't know, Carrie, the three. Really? October, November, December, January, February, March, six months. Okay. Six months. 13,000, 14,000 listeners. Mm -hmm. I mean, give me a break. Yeah, I mean, that's humbling. That's awesome. But I'm talking about quality and, uh, and the content. Yeah, but you bring it. You meaning you bring this it. Is my, that's my insecurity, though. But you bring it. I don't Every see time it you're like, way. what are we going to talk about? Ladies and gentlemen, I hit record. We do not plan this podcast ever. He's like, I think I want, he meaning Dr. Carroll, I think I want to talk about this. And I'm like, well, don't tell me what you want to talk about. And then I hit record. Next thing you know, we have an episode that is life giving. 
But that's kind of you to say. And you always look good <clears throat> when you're here. Well, that's kind. I feel like I'm putting on a little weight again. Are you? I don't know. Is that your ego? You know what it is? <laughs> Can I be honest? Well, oh, no, it's definitely not my ego. Oh, well, it might be my, my ego. Maybe it's your ego. Let's dive into that. Good Let's go question. there. Let's go there. Let me dive here first, and then I'll go there. And I'll just remember. cheers their coffee. Um, I, I did something today that I will never do again. And I am confident that I will never do it again. Tap danced. I do not like tap dance. Let me guess. Try guess again. Okay. <sighs> Went to IGA. No, although that's a good one. Ate Korean food. <laughs> Whoa, that was close. I love Korean food. I ate Chinese food. Then you won't do it again? Never. Not unless I'm in Hong Kong. Because it's authentic then. Because this was, it was good. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was delicious. So you ate so much that you wanted to, oh, I see. You know, and I really didn't eat that much. It was a buffet, which is disgusting. (laughs) And I have a moral problem with buffets. Uh, I think, but but that's all they have. I don't have an option. They don't have a menu. And I've been craving, craving Chinese. And Joy. Are you pregnant? Is out of town. Well, I look it. No, you no, you don't. Joy is out of town uh, for the moment, and so I had uh, had to eat and didn't have time to you know go make something. And I've been craving Chinese, and she hates Chinese. Did food. you go eat by yourself? Yeah. <clears throat> Did you really sit at the table by yourself? Yeah. Like Steven Glansberg? I don't know who that is. He's in Super Bad. He's literally in this a scene for like three seconds, and he's eating pudding, and they're talking about. That's oh, funny because I had pudding. It's the best dessert on the Chinese buffet. <sighs> Because the rest of it doesn't have any sugar in it. Because Americans are the only people who eat sugar like we do. So good. So anyway, I sat in the booth by myself and went and got, you know, I like things like orange chicken, which they didn't have. But they did have General Tso's and they had sesame chicken. And they, had, they always have nice rice. I like sweet and sour. So I got some of that stuff. I didn't eat too much. But when you leave, I just felt so... Disgusting. I felt defeated. Did you feel like you were in the movie Seven with Brad yeah, Pitt? And yeah, yeah. Gluttony. Gluttony. Yeah. So anyway, that's something I'll never do again. And that is a killer to the ego. Scary <laughs> to say. So tell me how that did, how that affected kills your it. ego. It reminds me of how human and depraved I am because that is a disgusting way to eat. So anyway, what are we doing tonight since Joy's <clears throat> gone? I don't know. It's yet to be determined. I mean, you do see what's in my windowsill right there. Yeah, that's beautiful. That is some beautiful brown water. Mm-hmm. Very brown. It's the fire water. That's the that's the tongue oil. Mm-hmm. Put that in your mouth, and this podcast becomes very interesting. So yeah, I do have questions about um, myself and how I function, and including on this podcast as a preacher for almost well for eighteen years. Yeah, I. Do you have previous uh, uh, sermons? Nope. Experience? Nope. Um, hold on, parishioners, no. parishioners, yeah, who have come up to you and said they listen. Uh, I haven't seen any parishioners of late. Oh, do you that's hide not true. from them? There are some who attend a group that I facilitate. Do and you hide from them? <laughs> no, no, no. I love them, but they and some of them do listen. Yeah. Mm. Did you know that Megan's <clears throat> friend is the pastor of the church in which you used to yeah. pastor? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that until literally the other day. So I wrestle as do you and probably most of us, with trying to walk that balance between having a healthy ego and having too much or too little. I don't, I'm don't. i never going to wrestle with having too little. 
That's not going to be my problem. My problem is going to be with having too much. And I'm still bothered by the fact that somebody said that they thought I was arrogant. But they said arrogant was not a bad thing. They were kind of using it synonymous mm. with confident. But when they said it, I was like, ooh, that's like my least favorite thing. I've always wanted not to be that. There's probably a reason I've wanted not to be that because I might think of myself as that. But I don't think arrogance is bad either. I do. To a degree, I do not. I think confidence is fine. That's what, con- that's what it is. Arrogance, though, is kind of a flaunting of one's, oh, con- okay. of one's now confidence. I think it, okay, I see that. No, I, I think don't like it, that. I think it becomes uh, hierarchical, like somehow I, I promote myself over against someone else who may be less than, who I may think is less than. Hmm. And I don't want, I never want to be that. But if we're defining the terms the same way, and I'm not sure that we are, because this person said that they did not think arrogance was bad, but that I was that. So they meant to say confidence. I don't know. I have to check it out. But I've brought it up like a hundred times. Who is I, it? Name them right now. It's Joy. Oh. Did she really? Yeah. Oh. You're, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you're arrogant. I asked. I love you, fairness. Joy. I don't think you're arrogant. Well, I think we're defining the term differently. I think she means like being confident and knowing that you've got this. And But that's the thing. I don't really think that. So maybe you're overcompensating? Maybe, like Lord Farquaad in Shrek. In Shrek. Yes. When you look at the rising of Dulok up from the desert plains, and he's this tiny little man, and the and Shrek's donkey, whose name is Donkey, donkey. says, you think he's compensating for something? <laughs> or maybe Shrek said that. I don't know who. But I anyway. still liked it nonetheless. <clears throat> so I think that, yeah, there's probably some compensation going on. Hmm. Speaking of compensation. I was going to say the same thing. Go ahead. Thank you to our sponsor. So I have one quick question. Yep. Gosh, she's got notepads and stuff. Do you think that there is a reason for everything that happens? Do you think that things are truly meant to be? Dang it. You can't, I don't want any photoshopping of your answer. I'm not going to photoshop it, and I'm saying dang it because... You don't know. No. You don't know what you think. No, I, I think the answer to that question is no. I do not think... That, that everything is orchestrated? No, I that, don't. That God somehow knew and is moving this whole planet to this one divine end, however horrible it might be for someone? Can I have a safer answer than that and I'll don't, that go, were, don't be safe be, no be dangerous I don't think that this was all meant to be I think we make our bees mm-hmm. happen I really do I think sometimes that sometimes they work there's and cause and effect don't. I think that if you throw this ball 54 miles an hour it'll make a very large hole in the wall if you throw it 74 miles an hour it'll make a really my point is is whatever you do and or don't do that's your choice, and there are things that are going to happen. The ripples are uncontrollable. People, I think, derive a great sense of comfort from Why? the notion that things are meant to be because it means things are in control. Oh. And when things are spiraling and swirling out of control, what people, I think, and when I say people, I mean me, what people most want is to know that everything's going to be okay, that there is a design, that someone has a plan, that this isn't just chaos 
And can we all just find an escape? Because there's no escape. So can someone please be in charge and tell us that there's a reason behind it? Well, isn't it okay if this is all chaos? It, it depends on who you are. I think it's fine to say it's okay if it's all chaos when you're living in an ivory tower or you, you, know, you have a nice house and you've got a good job and there's no threat of you dying in abject poverty. But if you're dying in abject poverty, the idea of living in chaos is pretty terrible. So you create a philosophy and or a theology where someone's in control. And if you don't get yours now, you'll get it eventually. This is the whole point behind the, the, the spirituals of the African-American experience. You know, how many ever 250 plus year or 150 plus years of, of slavery and, and uh, we get the Negro spirituals. The, we get the, you know, the swing low sweet chariots. Um, we get the, the Moses Hogan's uh, recitations of those beautiful African-American spirituals, all of whom, while working on plantations that didn't belong to them, not having enough resources to have a life enough to belong to them, would work all day for someone else, would get poor while other people's got rich on, people got rich on their backs, and they would create these songs that would promise them that in the great by and by in the sky, there would be something better one day. Everything that you're just referring to, I really like those songs. They're beautiful. Swing low. Yeah. There is an African-American musician who has a video, which you can see on YouTube, who describes all of those uh, Negro spirituals. And you can play all of them on the, on the black keys. Oh, wow. Gosh, isn't that awesome? Wow, yeah. In the sea of white, there are these black keys. And with only those black keys, you can play every one of those spirituals. Hmm. That's so powerful to me. Yeah. So I think we create a theology that supports uh, our current set of fears and worries. And I don't know, uh, you have to ask, where is God and all that? Do you meet a lot of people that are like, oh, this is meant to be? Oh, yeah. I, yeah, I would say 99.9%. It's weird. You know, they say, you know what? This is meant to be. And you know what? It might be. Because I don't, I really, I don't know. I'm, I'm what you call an open theist. I believe that God is learning how to be God the way we are learning how to be people and we're in it together. And I don't think God has projected some future out there and is kind of corralling us like cows in a field to, to go through some narrow gate. I don't think that. But he formed us and he... God forms us. God knows us. Mm -hmm. People say God doesn't change. Absolutely God changes. It's First of all, it's there in the text when God changes God's mind three times. But then you also have to think God's love is ever expanding. So that's that means change. changing. When did he change his mind three times? There are, there are three texts in the Old Testament when God has up Jacob and other Old Testament characters where God was set to ruin a people or dethrone someone. And the text clearly says God changes God's mind. Hmm. And I believe that there is not a precise ending and, and God knows what it is and that God is moving all of us to that ending. I don't think that God knew my dad was going to get sick or that you were going to end up in the funeral profession. I don't think God occupies God's mind that way. I think God is love. And as a result, I think God is busy loving and I think God is learning how to do that as we are learning how to be human beings. We're always striving for betterment and for growth, even in the midst of our brokenness and terror. And I think God is, you know, constantly learning what it means to be beside us and with us and, and, and in us. 
That that's that to me, it's called open theism, or in other words, other words for that is process theology. I think God is moving with us in, in our trajectory, so that there's nowhere you can go and you're and you're outside of God's reach. Because there's so many people growing up in the, a particular denomination, as I mentioned before, people would tell you, "Well, you have to do God's will," and if you miss God's will, if you're outside of God's will, there's punishment there. And in my mind. You live your life to the best of your ability. Sometimes you have wins and sometimes you have losses. And God is right beside you through all of that. I don't think God is there to judge whether or not you made the right decision. I think God is there to make sure that you make the most of that decision and that you figure out a way to reach toward health and newness and goodness and growth, regardless of where you are. I think wherever you are, there God is. Do you think it's strokes your ego in any way to know that some of the people that are listening may or may not agree with you? Well, I know that there are people who are listening who do not agree with me. And that's okay. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fine. That's but awesome. It's just because, you know, that's not what a lot of people were taught. And, mm-hmm. but when, and for me, it's been because of rigorous study of these texts where I've started to realize, wow, God isn't interested in bringing some divine end. And there's a lot of language about that. God's future, the kingdom, you know, but there's nowhere that anybody is saying God knows what that is. New heaven and new earth is about all we get. And that comes from John, who's in exile on the island of Patmos, who wrote the book of Revelation, where he uses very picturesque language to try to sneak in an anti-governmental political statement. Uh, So I don't think we can do a one-to-one correlation there. But in the end... All we know is that God created out of love and God is determined to always be with us and never without us. And God is determined that we will end in love. It's all we really can bank on. Can't we learn something very easily and simply from that is just love people? Yeah. What does that mean to you? Like, honestly, because I mean, love is a very overused... It's so overused. I literally just... Just trying with your heart of hearts to be good to them, toward them, help them. Uh, if you have something extra, give it to them. If it, if you, whether that be food or an SUV or we just gave away an SUV. We had mm-hmm. an extra SUV in the fleet. We don't need it. Yeah, We're paying taxes on it. We don't need it. Right. There was a family, a single mom that got it because she's deserving of it. We gave it to her. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, That's what love is. I think we muddy the waters too much. It's not like glitter and rainbows. It's just... that's Yes, that's my problem with people upholding their own spiritual or theological or doctrinal beliefs over other people. Mm -hmm. It's a problem for me when people say how we believe is the right way. Because it's not facts, it's not knowledge, it's faith. Faith. We all make errors in our theology. You do, I do. I don't. Speaking of ego. So my thinking is, if we're going to make mistakes, if the question is love or not love, err on the side of love. Get it? Lover. Why? Because God is not doctrine. God is not denomination. God is not war. God is not law. God is not hate. God is not hell. God is not heaven. God is not straight. God is not gay. God is not black. God is not white. God is not rich. God is not poor. God is love. 
So choose love. Your theology should always point to love. If it points to exclusion, I think it makes an error. If it points to trying to correct people, I think it makes an error. If your theology isn't rooted in love, then I don't think it's theology that's rooted in God. And by its nature, theology means to talk about God. So if it's not about love, it's not theology. Man. Can we end it there? Can we just leave that here? Let's just let that hang. Let's let that hang. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Nathan. I'm Jonathan. Go love on someone. Please do. And please leave us a five-star review. Please visit youldietrying.com, facebook.com forward slash youldietrying. Leave us an email at youldietryingpodcast at gmail.com. Looking forward to seeing and hearing you. Episode 58 coming soon. Mm-hmm.